through this series? Yes. You really been being blessed? Yes. Breaking the trap series. I had so many other traps I want to deal with, but we got caught up on this one. So we, we, we may have to visit this one in the summer. Um, but uh, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse number 1 says, For everything that happens in life, there is a season. Say a season. It also says there is a right time for everything under heaven. I'm reading from the voice translation. Some of you are looking like at your Bible like the words change. It did. Um, verse number seven says this. It's a time to tear apart, a time to bind together, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak up. I'll read that verse again. A time to tear apart, a time to bind together, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak up. Say that with me. A time to tear apart. A time to bind together, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak up. And so we're, we're, we're dealing with uh, killing the giant of silence. We said on Sunday, let, let's just do a quick recap on this. We said on Sunday that silence means, <clears throat> excuse me, to be quiet, to, to, to hush or restrain from talking. We said it is to keep a person from speaking truth or to put an end to talking. And so kind of what we talked about on Sunday was that, oh, let me stop my time because y'all be like, Lord, the bishop didn't hear. Uh, what we said on Sunday was that the enemy's job is to get you uh, cornered in situations and then to stop you from being able to speak the word of God over situations, over problems, uh, over your family, over your body, over any issue you're having. Yes. And, we, and every time that we've taken a poll, we, we've come to the conclusion that when we go through, a lot of us go through and the first thing we do is we shut our mouths. We get upset with the situation. We get upset with people. We get upset with ourselves. We get upset about what the enemy's doing. And we shut down. We shut down internally. We shut down. We don't say much. And a lot of our issues stem from what we don't say enough of. I'm talking about in God. Well, in the natural, we, we say a lot of stuff. I hate this. I don't like you. I'm tired of this. I don't want to go this way. I wish this would just change. But what we don't do is put enough of the word on our problems. And we don't speak the word enough. So what happens is when situations hit, the enemy knows how to keep us silent. He uses problems to keep our mouth shut. He uses situations, uh, issues that we have with other people to keep us in a place where we just, we just internalize stuff. We just take stuff. This is, this is what I'm dealing with. And, and, you know, this is my plight in life, so this is what I got to deal with. So, so, and, and because of that, we take stuff that we don't have to take. So, 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 watch this. When you refuse to speak, could it be that you are creating unnecessary burdens because you refuse to speak up in the spirit and, and, and to say what the word says about the problem and deal with it through the word rather than through trying to work more jobs, rather than trying to cuss somebody out, all of Rather than getting angry and having arts and your blood pressure rising up, you got your eyes twitching, you're about to pass out. Instead of going through all of that, it's much easier to, 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 to take the fight to the word of God and use the word and put the word on top of the issue and let the word of God, which is quick and alive or active and powerful, deal with situations. Say, I'm going to let the word deal with my problems. We talked about Sunday that we talked about the reactors and the rejectors. Y'all remember that? Reactors are people who, who they just blurt stuff out when something happens. I'm tired of all this. You better, you better shut your mouth. Tired of dealing with all this stuff. I wish this was just change. I ain't never going to find nobody. I'm never going to date nobody ever again. Reactors. Reactors speak and say stuff because, of, because their, their emotions have gotten the best of them. 
Then you have rejectors. Rejectors are the ones who internalize everything. They hold stuff in. They just keep going. They just, it's going to be all right. You know, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then, then the next time it happens, they just blow up. Boom. All this stuff comes out. And, and, and all I asked you was, did you want the last donut? <laughs> what do you think? You ain't no last donuts. The issue is, you should have said something when it bothered you then. And because you don't speak, and, and, and this is something we have to learn. If you're taking notes tonight, we already know we're taking church. Write down, I have to learn how to respond effectively and quickly. You got, you, if something is bothering you, don't let it fester. Don't let it sit in your soul. I have to learn how to respond, what did I say, effectively and quickly. You can't let stuff sit in your soul and just fester. When stuff festers in your soul, then what happens is the enemy through your own imagination and mindset makes that thing become bigger. Yes. Any, now, how many of y'all know, 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 and you know for a fact this truth, anything you don't deal with, you think about. Yes. And you keep thinking about it. Yes. And you keep thinking about it. Yes. And you play it through your mind so, and filter it through your mind so much that the next time you deal with a person, even if they're not doing what they did before, you're holding them to what happened. Yes. You're holding them to something that they, that they said past tense in the present. Now, the other person is confused because they don't know what's going on. And you got to order against something that they said or did that was never addressed, with, addressed or dealt with. And now they're looking at you like you're crazy and you're pleading the blood of Jesus on them. All right, so we talked about that a little bit. We talked about how, how God watches over his word to perform it. And we talked about how God's word will not return back to him void, but it will accomplish what he set out for it to do. Amen? And then we gave you ways on how to work this, how to do it. I, I walked through it with two scriptures. Psalm 118, where it says, I shall not die but live. And I, and I, 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 I went through how to pray that word, how to put that word on, on a situation that you got maybe bad news from a doctor, something happened, you got bad news, and how to, how to apply that word. You remember that? Yeah. Then we dealt with Romans 12 and 18 that talked about if it's, if it's possible, which it is, live at peace with all men, much as it lies within you. And it lies within you to live at peace with people. So we talked about that, and then we talked about how, how the word says, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it's written that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And he said, I will repay. So we talked about that. We, we gave all, that, all the definitions. Get the download. See, Sister Olivia, wave, wave your hand. See her tonight. Get that download from Sunday. All right? And we dealt with that. We left off with um, um, Daniel 10, where he was talking about with the angel, that from the first day that you set your mind towards what you desired, and then you spoke the word out of your mouth. The angel said, I am come for your words. Yes. So God sends angels on assignment for the words that come out of your mouth. Yes. And if God sends angels on assignment, then Satan sends, sends demons on assignment to fulfill the other side of what you're saying that doesn't line up with the word. Yes. So if you're speaking the word of God, angels are always ascending and descending to perform God's word to make sure that God's word doesn't return back to him void. But when you speak death out of your mouth, death is not, is not attached to God because he's a God of light and life. So whenever you speak death over a situation, then demons are released to handle death-filled words. Demons are sent on assignment to handle the stuff that you speak out of your frustration. The stuff that you speak out of your anger. The stuff that you speak because you're frustrated with a person. And, and, and a lot of times what we don't realize is we have to give an account for every word that we speak. So have you ever wondered why, why, why a certain season was showing up in your life? 
Maybe if you trace that back to something you said over somebody else's life, you will see that the words you have sown are now the words you are now reaping. It'll make you think a lot harder and much more carefully before you say something to somebody out of anger because what, when you speak damnation on somebody else, what you're really doing is opening up the door for that same thing to come back around to you. Say this, I have to watch my words. I go to Joshua 1. I, I want to I I show you how God deals with this with, with, deals with, this with uh, Joshua. We've read this so many times, but we haven't read this in this perspective. Joshua 1 and, uh, and, and uh, 7. And we've kind of dealt with this so many times. We know this. If you've been here for a year, you've, you've heard me deal with this before. We hit it from different points. I've dealt with this from Moses, my servant is dead. And God, God only gives you a certain amount of time to mourn over something that he said is over. Yes. We've dealt with that. From, we've dealt with this from that issue. But I want to deal with this from the, from the standpoint of having the word in your mouth. And what it does for you, because God tells Joshua, now remember, Joshua has taken over for Moses. Moses has just died. God says to Joshua, you guys are about to go into this promised land. You guys are about to get this victory. I'm going to give you this land that flows in milk and honey. It's going to be yours, but I'm going to give you some instruction because now the mantle is being, is, is being passed from, and the baton is being passed from Moses to now you, Joshua. But it's going to be how you go into this thing that's going to make the difference. If you follow these directions, you'll go in without, a, without any, any problems. God is always giving you a way to get into your next season without being uh, hemmed up by the enemy. He's always giving you a way to get into your next season without the enemy hindering you. He gives it to Joshua. Look at what he says in verse number 7. It says, only be strong. Always Say this, say only. only. He doesn't give him a plan B. He doesn't give him a, oh, what, every, every now and again, your flesh may take over, but just rebuke that in Jesus' name. No, he says, only be. That means somebody say, there is no plan B. Say, I have to be strong. Whoa, see, some of y'all missed it already. You don't have the option of being weak when God says the only thing he expects from you is strength. All right, he says, only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to, the, to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it from the left hand or the right hand on the right hand or the left that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. Now, now let's, let's pick this apart because this is Bible study. God tells him the first thing he says is, you're going to have to be strong and courageous if you want to go into the promised land. But if you really look at what God says to him, he says to him first, you're going to have to be strong and courageous, watch this, just to do the word. Only be strong and courageous. Why? That thou mayest observe to do. What? All that's, that, that's, that is in the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded to you. He says to him, in order to do the word, you're going to have to be strong and courageous just to do the word. Most of us have never read it like that because what we, what we look at it as, God is saying, be strong and courageous because I'm taking you into a promised land. Amen. He says to him, you're going to have to be strong and courageous to do the word. Jesus. We're going to deal with what that means to be strong and courageous. But he says, watch this, you're going to have to be strong and courageous. Why? Why? So you don't get distracted from doing the word. Amen. You're going to need strength and courage to keep you focused. Yes. Now, honestly... 
How many of us struggle with distraction? My hand is up. How many of you have ever, have ever just tried to pray and just, and just pray about one thing? You're like, Lord, I just want to pray about this money situation. Right, you start out with that. Before you finish praying, you didn't pray for the world. You didn't pray for Africa. You didn't cover the, the endangered species of America and abroad. You didn't pray for the people out on the streets. You didn't cover everything and you didn't spend no time praying about what you came to pray about. Watch this. We always look at distraction as being something bad, but distraction can be something good too. You can be distracted by the right thing. A good thing. Is it good to pray for, for the homeless? Of course. Is it good to pray for, 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 for the needs of God's people? Of course. But what did you come and pray specifically for? The Bible says it like this. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you have them. Now, now the only way that works is you got to be consistently praying about what you, what you believe you desire. Right. And where most people fall through prayer in is we start praying about what we desire, but it opens up the door to other stuff that, that is attached to the desire. Yeah. I want my children saved, so I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes praying for my children. <laughs> then when I'm praying about my children, then that leads into we need a bigger house. <laughs> Then, then that, that leads into, Lord, we need furniture too. Like right here we need furniture. Then that leads into God. Lord, I want to be able to bless my children. I want them to have college money. See, all of this stuff is good, but what, what did we come praying for? The salvation of their souls. And what the enemy does is, he, and now watch this. The enemy's job is not just to get you on bad distractions. His job is to keep you off of what God is saying you have to do now. Lord. So even the devil can, can, can now send thoughts to your mind. Because remember, a lie, is, a lie is not, sometimes a lie isn't all, all the way a lie. It's half truth and half lie. So the enemy can start you, you, you can start with the with a, with a spirit of truth. But if you, now, if you don't, if you don't work on your, on your mind and, and work on your discipline, good things will distract you. Okay. He says, don't get distracted. He says, because if you don't get distracted, that pro if you don't, if you don't get distracted and you pay attention to the word, prosperity should be hitting you from every direction. All right, so everybody write down the word strong. I'm going to give you some, some, some definitions of what it means to be strong. He tells them only be strong and courageous. So let's, 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 let's pick this apart for Bible study. Write down strong. The first thing strong means is it means to sustain your encouragement. Only be strong. He says only sustain your encouragement. You know what that looks like? Most people give in to discouragement so much. That if a situation doesn't have discouragement attached to it, it is not valid to us. Because discouragement has been our portion for so long that we don't sustain the encouragement enough. You know what we sustain? The last problem. You know what we, you know what we I'm not Jamaican, but you know what we big up? <laughs> bop, bop, bop. You know what we big up? We big up 
Uh, everything, watch this, that has hurt us. We spend more time praying about our hurts than we do praying about the solutions. We spend more time rehashing what they did to us. What he did to me. What she did to me. Rather than praying God's blessing over all of them and saying, but I'm moving to another level. We spend more time and that becomes our focus. So, so if the pain is your focus, when are you magnifying God? If the shame is your focus, how much time do you spend in real victory? And if that's how you live your life every day, by the time you come back to this place, you're needing somebody or something or a song or even the word to pick you up out of a dark place. And you don't want to witness. And you don't want to testify. And you don't want to leave your house. And you don't want to be bothered with people. And you don't want nobody being bothered with you. Because of what you have internally magnified. If you magnify God, then, then watch this. If God is magnified, then he knows how to deal with your struggle. He knows how to deal with your problems. He knows how to deal with every part of you that you, that, watch this, the things you've been carrying around, the baggage. How many believe he can deal with it? He says it, and watch this. Everybody say strong. We said it, it, it means to sustain your encouragement. That means don't drop, don't drop your joy and your strength because of how you feel. Stop dropping your joy because of how you feel. I never predicate my joy and my strength based off of what's going on. Everything that's going on has to deal with my joy and my strength. I'm going to say it again. Everything that's going on in my life, it has to deal with my joy and my strength. So I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. So I, I'm, not, I'm not walking through the valley telling me, oh, I wonder when I'm going to get back to the top of the mountain because it's never my time. And I ain't never, no, no, no. I walk through the valley praising God. I deal with valleys differently now than I did five years ago. Valleys to me are the, are the best times for me personally because in the valley, that's when God makes himself known more. Woo, glory. Most Christians, they dread the valley, but the valley is a time where God comes to you. It's a time where your ears are open the most because you have been hurt and wounded by something and you need answers. When you get wounded, your prayers start being, Lord, why did that have to happen? Why am I going through this? Give me the why. Remember we talked about that for a couple weeks ago for my leaders especially? I need to know the why. When I know the why behind what I'm going through, then it makes more, much more sense to my spirit. Yeah. Now I can walk through the valley and praise God because I know this is a part of my making. This is a part of the testing. This is a part of God enlarging my territory. Yeah. All right, watch this. Strong also means this. It means to display your strength. He says, only be strong. The only thing, Joshua, I want you to do in this church, the only thing God wants us to do is to display our strength. Stop telling folks how weak you are. Save that, keep that stuff off the internet. I just wish things would turn around for me. You become a magnet for the witches. Lord, you, I'm not shut up behind. You become a magnet for the warlock. You become a magnet. Nobody knows what I'm going through. You want to know why? I only share that with my Peter, James, and John. Y'all quiet tonight. 
I only share my weakness with my Peter, James, and John. The inner circle who have been tried and tested. If you have, if you have loose lips, you can't handle, you can't handle my weakness. You can't handle my flaws. And if you have no sense of loyalty, you can't handle seeing me at my weakest. You can't handle that. You want to know why? Because people who aren't loyal, they hold you to your place of weakness even after God strengthens you again. You have to have at least two to three people who can see you at your worst but not hold you to it. Y'all making me nervous tonight. Y'all looking like... The issue is we want to be liked by everybody. Your crowd can't handle your weakness. Your crowd can't handle your weakness. Your crowd can't handle your struggle. So you got to have a Peter, James, and John that can see you at your worst and cover you in prayer. Not cover you in judgment. Not cover you in, not, not cover you in you ought to know better than that. Because I do know better than that, but I'm being fought. That's why it's called a fight of the enemy. That's why it's called warfare. But what I need is I need to, I need to connect with people who can cover me until I'm able to be seen again. But watch this. Even in the covering, you have to have honest people. Y'all quiet. You want people to cover you, but don't tell you the truth. Part of covering is, is I am, I am keeping you from being, I'm keeping this dysfunction from being seen. But behind, behind this screen, I'm telling you, you got to get up from here. God ain't called you to be sitting down your whole life. When's the last time you prayed? Kevin Little said something to me the other day. Kevin Leo said, uh, 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 Prophet Kevin Leo said to me, he said, um, he said, ministry has to be done in such a way that everybody can hold everybody accountable without getting offended with each other. Amen. That means if you're part of the church, somebody should be able to ask you when's the last time you prayed. Right. When, they see, when they see that ungodly side of you showing. Right. Without you feeling like, ain't none of your business. No, it is, because I am my brother's keeper. Right. Oh, you're quiet. Y'all quiet. See, we rather, we rather, we, we rather uh, Facebook going through a rough season keep me in prayer for, for a thousand likes rather than, rather than go and find those who are strong in the spirit and say, I got to struggle. Because when you come to somebody strong in the spirit and say, I got to struggle, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna do some research in your spirit and find out what's at the foundation of this weakness. They're going to challenge you to be honest. Y'all quiet. Yes. They're going to challenge you to tell the truth. Yes. No, you, it's not that you're horny. No, there's something wrong here. Yes. What's wrong with you? What happened to you? Yes. You're not giving us enough information to cover you. Yes. Y'all don't like that. It, now hear me. If we're going to be a healthy church, if we're going to be a healthy church, you can't be here in this, in this assembly and, and be a loner. If we're gonna come on now, if we're gonna be healthy, you can't be a loner. 
Jesus had the disciples, right? And the disciples had to deal with each other, and Jesus had to deal with them. You can't be able to talk about, it's between me and God. No, but it's affecting all of us. So if it's affecting all of us, then we got the right to ask you what's going on. People don't like that. See, unhealthy families produce unhealthy, unhealthy churches. Unhealthy families produces unhealthy church. So when you come to church and say, oh, welcome to the family of God, most people clam up because their own family was jacked up. If nobody ever sat you down and taught you as a, child, as, as a teenager what sex was, and nobody had deep conversations with you, and nobody held you accountable. You just came in and left, and, and you, you cleaned up when you wanted to. You didn't want to do nothing, and that's how you grew up. Now you're an adult, and that's how you treat your household. When you come to church and there's orders presented to you, then, then order to you is dysfunction. Yeah. What in the world is this? I ain't signed up for nobody asking about my stuff. Never worry about your stuff. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Uh, let, let's get back to this lesson. All right. Everybody say, to display strength. To display strength. The, when, when, when he says to him, only be strong, he says, stop displaying your weakness because the enemy comes for your weakness. Right. Areas that you struggle with ought to be stuff that, that you keep under the blood. Yes. It ought to be, the areas of your struggle ought not be the thing you flaunt. Wow. If you're going to display strength, you don't, you don't give an excuse for why you're a little crazy. Right. And keep acting crazy. Right. You got to bring that crazy under the blood and say, no, I, I, know, I, I now see this as a dysfunction because I've gotten around sane people. Y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, this is, like, is this foreign to us? No. Okay, look. You ever got around people and, and there was a part of your life that was dysfunctional, maybe in finances or something like that? You got around people who, who you, you, when, they, when they took money out of their pocket, all the ones who had the, 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 the heads were going the same way, and all the dollars were together, the fives were together, the tens were together, the twenties together, fifties together, hundreds together, and you pull out your money, it's in the ball, you're like, oh, man, hold up. You go on the pay and like, hold on, let me just. You know, you got to do all of that to get your money straight. But everybody else around you, has, when, when, they, when you see them, they take out their money and it's folded. They got a little, little, little clip on it. They pull a clip on it. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right? Now yours is all like this. You're like, hold on a second. I got, I, I got one more dollar around here somewhere. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Hold on. I got one. You got a dollar for me? Right? You don't know how much money you carry in. They ask for every receipt. You don't ask for none. They carry a little zipper pouch in their car to put their receipts in so that at the end of the year, all that stuff can add up, accumulate for all of their deductibles. Some of y'all, I'm speaking far in a lot of y'all right now. And then you be like, why your, how your taxes be like that? Because oh, all of this stuff went towards my business. And you're like, you ain't got no business. I sure do. Y'all, see, y'all, y'all already, I'm, I'm over your head. I got a business. And this was, we went out to lunch today on my business. Now this has become a deduction that I don't have to, come on, see y'all, okay. We don't have to have a class on that. But anyway, anyway, what happens is the person that, that has been balling their money up and they, they don't have no receipts on, the longer they hang around people who do it, if they want to get better in an area, what they see will become what they do. 
You know what that's called? That's called discipleship. You hang around somebody who has something you don't. And you mock the perfect man. And you follow that man or woman in what they're doing. You can only do this if you see the fruit from what they're doing. You don't follow nobody just because just they're nice and they're cute and they, they got good words. I need to see results. Tell somebody, I got to see your results first. You don't follow me just because I speak in tongues because I can be crazy. This means I speak in tongues and I'm crazy. You follow me because you see the fruit of my daily living and you, 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 you match that fruit to what the word says I'm supposed to be. Does that make sense? Anybody you hang around that has something that is producing fruit and according to the Bible that's good fruit, you should pattern after what they're doing. So you know what it means? You can never, you can never display your own strength until you get somebody else's. You have to be able to tap into somebody else's strength so that their strength can become your strength and then you mix that strength with your strength and then you can become. So if I don't know how to put my money together, I'll have a hundred, a ten, a five, a one, a five, a five, a one, a one, a one, and I, it'll be neat, but it won't be in order. So I have to humble myself and say, hey, I saw you, I, I, I got half of the thing down. Teach me the rest of how to do this because I want the result. And you know what they're going to say? You're doing it all wrong. Take it all out your pocket. Start from the beginning. Go home and iron this money. Iron money? What? Are we talking about laundering? No, 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 no. See, they got to deal with, they got to deal with, watch this. If somebody's, if somebody's going to help you and pour into you, they have to be patient with your ignorance. They got to be patient with your ignorance. And I'm not saying that to down you because, you know, we have the ignorance of the blood of Jesus. Now you know what else I got to say. The word ignorance just means an area you don't know. And all of us have a level of ignorance about something. Uh, my wife used to, used to have me watching Ray all the time. I used to watch uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. And there's one episode on Raymond where he says to his wife, all you do is take care of the money. She goes, I'm glad you said that. Now you're going to take care of the money. Here's the checkbooks. Here's all the bills. You do it. Well, suffice it to say, they end up in the dark. <laughs> he ended up creating a fake checkbook to make it seem like he knew what he was doing. At the end of the, at the, end of the story, she got to come with three fake checkbooks and balance three fake checkbooks just to get them back in the green. And he at the end says, I appreciate what you do. The issue is, it's easy to say somebody doesn't have something when you ain't doing it. Okay. I'm just trying to get through strong. <laughs> right now, right, strong, the, the next definition of a strong. He says, only be strong. It means to prevail. To prevail. It means to prove to be more powerful than opposing forces. So watch this. As you start displaying your strength, you're going to start prevailing. You're going to prevail. You want to know what that looks like? The enemy, the enemy up until today, up until this hour, has tried you with stuff that you've fallen into. 
But because of the word that's been preached and taught to you, because of your prayer life, because of your, of your, of your, uh, uh, your, your steadfastness to the things of God, as of this moment, because you start displaying strength, he thinks twice about, about trying you and stuff that you've told him, I'm not going to fall in no more. What are you doing? You start prevailing. You start telling him, no, no, no. Even when I fall, I'm coming up out of this again. The Bible said a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up. When's the last time you fell but sprang back up? I was watching a fight the other day and Mike Tyson knocked this guy out so hard. Pow, right? The guy, the guy before the fight said, hey, I've been knocked out before. My chin, I, 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 I don't have a glass jaw. This is the brick here. Tyson said, we're going to feel about that when I knock you out and you don't come back. Right? <laughs> right? Tyson, Tyson, look, Tyson, Tyson put this thing on this guy and said, he hit him with the left hand in the stomach, pow, the guy said, ah, he said, go, pow, right? The guy was so taken back by that, that his adrenaline flowed. He jumped up off the floor like this. Right? But he wasn't there. He had to have been in, 20, in 2020. <laughs> he was in 2020, although it, it, was, it was 2003. And when I looked at that, this is what the Lord said. Tyson got frustrated with this guy because every time he knocked him out, he kept jumping back up. It don't matter that he wasn't there. It don't matter that, it doesn't matter that he wasn't there. The thing that got the enemy upset was that he wouldn't stay down. Let me help you. Let me help you. The issue that the reason why the devil keeps trying to fight you is because you keep coming back. He keeps trying you because although you got knocked out, you dazed tonight. But guess what? You're in the corner. The smelling salt of the word is getting you. Putting Vaseline on the cuts. God is saying tonight, whatever you do, don't you stay out the race. Don't oh my 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 my. Tell somebody, be strong. Be strong. Tell somebody else, be strong. be strong. That's what God is saying. He told, this is what he's saying to Joshua. Stay in a place where you only exhibit strength. I'm dazed when I'm up. Amen. Tell somebody, I'm dazed when I'm up. And this is how you learn how to prevail. You learn how to prevail. Watch this. When you serve what you hurt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you pray, but you're distracted. Watch this. Because while you're, while you're in the middle of prevailing, what happens is you prove to the enemy, I'm more powerful than your force. You can hit me with whatever you got, but you better be sure that what you hit me with, it has to be a life blow in order for me to stay down. But this is why the Bible said, greater is he that is. See, when he hits you, he, hit, he hits you. But that's, that, that's when the kingdom has to rise up in you. Remember Sunday, the kingdom of God is where? Within you. So when you pray, don't envision some kingdom of God up in heaven somewhere. When you pray, even in praying in the Holy Ghost, you are building the kingdom up. Ah. When you, when you get on your knees and say, in the name of Jesus, I come in against and I break all demonic warfare. You're not praying from a place of your mind. You're praying from the kingdom that's within you. 
When you get saved, the kingdom starts forming in you. But how do you get the kingdom strong? You got to fast. You got to pray. You got to get in the word. Watch this. You got to get around other kingdom citizens so that kingdom transfers can take place. Now watch this. When that happens, when that happens, the enemy realizes he is in trouble. Look at all this kingdom in here tonight. Look at all this kingdom in here tonight. This is why I said anybody who was having a rough day, let's just pray for them. Don't need no license for that. <laughs> Anybody got to commission you for that? We got to have a service for you for that. Nobody got to put a Bible on your head to in the name of Jesus. As of this moment. Nobody got to do that to you. The Bible said that those that are strong bear the infirmities. You ain't got to be no deacon, minister, elder, apostle, super apostle, archbishop, super master prophet to do none of that. You just have to be stronger than what the other person is going through. Okay, can, can, I, can, I, can I go a little further than that? Because I'm, I'm going to blow some of y'all's mind. Watch this. You have to be stronger than what they're going through, even if you're going through it yourself. It's not until you recognize the power you possess in, your, in the kingdom. That you start realizing that greater is he that's in me. I got the same struggle, but I got more power. Watch this. Three of us can have the same struggle, but different levels of power. Based on how much each one of us give in to the struggle. All of us are dealing with a level of fear. This person's afraid of the dark. This person's afraid of relationships. This person's afraid of going higher in God. Right? Diff, same level of, same fear, spirit of fear, but, but, but different levels of power. Yes. What differentiates the three? Who amongst the three is in a place where they know that they're, that they're battling fear, but they're not letting it stop them? Yes. Once you realize, I might, because everybody got a battle. Yes. But once you realize, I have a battle, but it's not stopping me. Watch this. Let me go further. Your battle doesn't stop God from loving you. <laughs> what shall separate me from the love of God? Shall famine? Shall nakedness? Persecution? None of those things shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Just because you have a struggle don't mean that God's not with you. It just means you're not doing your homework enough to erase it. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this. All right. My question tonight is, how many prevailers do we have in here? Now, how many people are, are willing to push in strength rather than be familiar to weakness? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Hear me in the church, we have just turned the corner. Hey! Woo! Ay, 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 ay. We've turned the corner. I'm, 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 go I'm going to do a series either next month or the month after. I want to deal with the mind from a different place. 
Because for a lot of us, the biggest fight is not the problem. The biggest fight is your mind. Because in the mind is shame. In the mind is regret. In the mind is all of the evil stuff that you have done or was done to you. And if you don't know how to compartmentalize that and allow God to erase it and deal with it on a daily basis, you will disqualify yourself from every kingdom promise that God is saying, here, take this. And you're like, no, because you know I didn't broke your heart so many times. He's like, no, 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 that's under the blood. Come on, take this million dollars. like, no, I, I ain't worthy. I ain't worthy of that, God. He's like, no, 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 take this. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's a part of the kingdom mandate. You're like, oh, no, no, I'm unworthy. You remember that time I got that abortion? You remember that time I, you remember that time I had sex? Look how quiet we got already. That's why I know it's an issue. Remember that time I was disobedient? Remember that time that I, and we, we automatically go back to the place where we messed up the most. And we don't spend enough time building ourselves up. Now watch this. I'm going to mess with some of y'all tonight. Because you, you think it's my job to build you up. Oh, God. Oh, God. The model's been broken. The model. You getting counseling from me ain't helping to build you up. You need the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you why. The Bible says, watch this. Build, oh, God. Building yourself up. Praying in your most holy why? Praying in the Holy Ghost builds you up in your faith yes. to the point where, watch this, you build yourself up past the past. Yes. Oh. Yes. Give me a little fun. Come on. What we don't do is we don't spend enough time building ourselves up. Yes. You waiting for somebody to lay hands on you to build you up. Let's go. You waiting for somebody else to tell you how, how wonderful you are. Yes. You think a pat on the back is going to build you up. Yes. That don't build you up in your most holy faith. That builds you up in your flesh. Yeah. And the moment nobody builds you up in your flesh, you think you're unworthy to be used by God. Yeah. This, this is why the Bible said we walk by faith and not by sight. Because when you walk by sight, that's equivalent to walking by what you know. Yeah. Come on, Bishop. And what do you know about yourself? I'm a wretch. I'm a wretch undone. If it had not been, yeah, that's beautiful. But if that's all you know about yourself, when a demonic fight comes against you, you're going to flap and fall. If you know I am the righteousness of God. I've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And he called me out of darkness into light. Watch this. I'm not a sinner because I sinned. According to the word, you're a sinner when you keep sinning. Bibles all have sinned and fallen short. See, this, 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 this is what we do, because the mind ain't right. We sin, and then we automatically go to disqualification. I won't try this again until next year. What is wrong with your mind? Do you realize how close you were? Okay, can I message you up further? Maybe the, reason why, maybe the reason you fell short was because God had to show you who you were before you got into this next thing. Sometimes God... God he, he knows you're about to jump in, fall into this and jump into that and do that and say this and that. And God will just stand there and just watch. Because a lot of us think we're better than we are. But it takes, sometimes it takes a good fall for you to be like, oh, well. Okay. 
I realize, I realize that, you know, I am just flesh and blood. But I'm also the righteousness of God. It'll humble you. I remember one time, no, no lie, I remember one time I was driving. Years ago, I had road rage. I don't have it no more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just think of it. Years ago, we had, it had to have been when we was back on, at Bowling Parkway. It was years ago. That was like our second building. And I remember one day, I, I, I was in the car with somebody. Was, it was maybe my son, Ari. And this guy came and just, I'm driving, and he came right. I mean, you ever had one of them close calls where you saw Jesus? Yes. Like, I saw, I saw the hem of his garment come by. I was like, hey, hey, wait a minute. And in the moment, I was like, oh, God. But then after I realized I was okay, then I got mad. You know, you know come on. Don't act like you ain't ever had no moments. You were scared at first, but then you realized, like, okay, I'm, just, I'm not in heaven. Then, and then all of a sudden, anger goes, Arr! you turn into the, the sainted Hulk. <laughs> I turned into the Hulk, right? And I rolled down my window. Now, this is the bishop. Rolled out my window, and out of my mouth didn't come. I'm praying for you. Meet me at the church this Sunday. I said, you blame me. And then your mother blame. And my son looked at me and said, Dad, Dad, Bishop. Then I snapped out of it when he said Bishop. I was like, huh? And then it hit me. I got real quiet. I was just like. <laughs> I mean, I was just sitting there. I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, what do I say to him? <laughs> Only thing he ever heard out of my mouth was tongues. <laughs> like, what do I say now? I felt so, I felt horrible. I was like, oh, God. Oh, Lord, inside now, I'm having this conversation with myself. I'll never be able to preach to him ever again. He going he to tell, tell his mother. He's probably going to tell people in the church. Now, now, I got, now, I'm creating this guilt and shame. I'm creating this bubble that I now step into. That I'm, I'm now disqualifying myself from preaching. I'm disqualifying myself from being the son of God. Come on, beloved, now we're the sons. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm disqualifying myself from having power with God. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Jerk, repent. <laughs> Yo, seriously, I don't know how your Holy Ghost talked to you, but that's how the Holy Ghost talked to me. But I, I, was go, I was deep in this thing. I felt like I don't have no voice no more. I'm a mess. Like, how could I do that? Oh, God, he's impressionable. I don't want him to start cussing. He's going to think it's right because I'm just going through this. And then what about the saints? I'm going to get up in front of church on Sunday. I'm confessing in front of the saints. And the Holy Spirit said, jerk, repent. I said, okay. Lord, I'm so sorry. He went in, in the gas station to get something. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I repent. Lord, I don't know what took over. And then the Holy Spirit said, stop lying. I said, okay, I know what happened. <laughs> Lord, I got road rage. And I really need you to deliver me from this. Now watch. I know y'all think Christians can't have no demon, but that was a spirit. That was a demon. And I had to, I had to find out where that came. I had to go through deliverance. A devil came out of me. Y'all see, you're looking at A demon came out of me, and it only showed up. It only popped up when it was triggered by somebody who cut me off. Somebody who cut me 
Oh, so I started praying, Lord, take me to the root of this. Take me to the, this is not about somebody cutting me off. What is this about? Holy Spirit reminded me. This is about you almost getting ready to get somewhere and somebody mess up your path. And you've created such an art about this. You got a uh, hundred people you need to forgive. I started praying, forgiving people one by one by one. The one day I was in prayer, I must have got down to the last one because I was like, and I forgive by father. And I said, <coughs> that demon's not coming right out. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I was so like, oh, he came out the store. And you know what I said to him? Oh, this son is going to be powerful. <laughs> look, y'all look like, that's all you said? That's what I said. <laughs> I said, ooh, this Sunday is going to be powerful because the devil's trying to try me, but I thank God for grace and mercy. I explained to him what grace and mercy was. He said, oh, I, I, I wanted to know how you were going to get out of this. <laughs> I promise. I can't make this up. All right. <laughs> I got 13 minutes. Come on. Um, <laughs> so, so God, he says, be, everybody say, be strong. We know what strength is now, right? Yeah. Then he says to him, be courageous. Be courageous. He said, what Billy says to him, be very courageous. Very, exceedingly, mightily courageous. So what is, what, what is courage? What does it mean to be courageous? It means to be alert. It means to be alert. It means to be brave. It means to be bold. Alert, brave, bold. Then it also means to be secure. So, and, and not just secure, but secure within yourself. Notice what he says to him. He says, be strong, but then he says, be very or mightily or, or exceedingly courageous. Be alert. Now, now this is all, all going to bring him to great success. It don't just happen that you stumble on success. He says, you're going to have to do this. You got to do this. You got to have this just so that you can say the word and do it. Now, if God puts this much emphasis on how much we are we are focused on the word, then maybe this is why a lot of us don't see much more manifestation of it. All right, all right, courageous, alert, brave, bold, secure in what you, in what, secure or confident within yourself. It also means to be obstinate or stubborn. Stubborn. Now, now I'm, because they're like, you just preach about don't be stubborn. But it, this, this, this word stubborn here means to be determined to be persistent for the things of God. So, so, so watch this. To be courageous means to be stubborn to do the will of God. You ever thought about, you ever thought about how, how easy you give up? You ever thought about how easy, how, how easy it is to get you to stop praying? You ever thought about how easy it is to stop getting you to be faithful to coming to church? You'll be sick at work, but then, but then don't come to church. You was on the ball all day at work. Then you come, but then at the work, you'll be like, I just can't make it. But you made that money. We don't like what now. See, y'all would just go ahead, preacher. But see, now I'm messing with an area that's that's tight for you. It's okay. It's okay for work. You coughed on everybody. How come you couldn't go to get a mask and come to church? 
Y'all don't like me. Wonder why? Because we're stubborn for us. We're not stubborn for the things of God. It's not that serious. I can watch it on TV. Well, you're going to watch your job on TV. No, I ain't going to get paid. Well, how do you expect to get paid from God? You don't, see, we don't like that. We don't like that. You're like, Bishop, not the same thing. Our tenacity has been for us. Think about it. Somebody says, look, we're going to offer you, we're going to offer you six days of overtime. And at the end of the year, just from your overtime, you're going to make $100,000. Right now, if somebody told you that, you at December 31st will be taking all kind of energy pills. You'll be working out. I ain't missing a day of this overtime. Y'all, come on, don't lie to me. You'll be like, all I got to do is work six hours extra. And at the end of this year, 100 G's? 100 G's, G, let's go. Right? Right? This, this is the thing. You see the benefit in that. But we haven't, we haven't discovered the benefit of being all in the God. What, we, what we've experienced from God is trickles. Because that's what we've sown. We've sown trickles to God, but expect the world. Oh, come on. Y'all real quiet. Am I getting all sour now? Come on. Honestly, if you, if you don't sow into a relationship, it will never prosper. Any married folks in here will tell you that. If you just come in your house, what up? Get up in the morning, what up? Eating dinner, what up? You do that for a year, guess what? It might not even make it through a year. Am I right or wrong? Let you be with somebody who wants to have a relationship with you. And all, and all they get from you is a what up? Listen, it's raps. It's over. It's done. And God bless you. As, you go to, as we find our way to the courthouse. There's no way this can work. Why? Because you're not putting you into it. My question is. How much do you put into, one, your relationship with God, and two, the ministry that God has assigned you to? Because you can never put more into the, into the ministry than you do the relationship. This is what I found out. People who are all into, to, now this is going to help a lot of you. People who are gung-ho for the ministry, but don't have the relationship fizzle out. You will never be faithful to the, the ministry side of God because the ministry side of God is the work side. If you don't first, if you don't get the, the, the right relationship foundation. And what most people do is they come to church and they say, I want to work somewhere. Guess what? We, we may see you for six months. I want to have more programs. We can give you a thousand programs. We'd have date night, food night, coffee night, mingle night, social club, athletic night, wait night, late night, date night, right? All these nights. 
but there's nothing in the relationship that's keeping you. See, tonight the word you're hearing, this is just so you can get stirred to go home to build the relationship. Now watch. I'm a, I, I know this is a night of eye-openers, but I'm, let me give you another eye-opener. This is not your relationship. Y'all quiet. Somebody said, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> this is date night. To get you to fall in love with who he is and what his word says. What his word says he has for you. So you can go home and pursue him. Watch. Well, I, got, I, got, I got more. And the more you pursue him, you don't want his business going under. Why I work so hard for him? Because it ain't about the building. It ain't about me cleaning the bathroom. It ain't about me even preaching to you. Because if, if my relationship ain't right, I can preach to y'all to go to hell. This is about me building the relationship with him outside of me preaching to you. This is what I'm doing tonight is me is me keeping the business going. But this is this is not the relationship. This flows from what I have with him at home. When I go out and take a walk around my block and talk with him and love on him. When I when I close the door in my room and go pray that I when I, when I open my, 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 my Bible up, get on my computer and study. See, preachers have it worse because we got to study for us, then we got to study for you. Because the, the stuff I study for me is stuff y'all will never get. Because I'm in a different place. I got a different relationship. Uh-oh, I got different struggles. So what I'm studying for me has to do with my pain, my struggles, my advancement in him. But then after I finish that, I got to be a husband. I got to be a father. I got to make some money. I got to pay some bills. Right? I got to be a friend. I got to do something with a business. And then I got to turn around and study so that I can continue to build. You don't get that unless you learn how to multitask and you learn how to, oh man, you got to multitask, but you also have to learn how to, how to be a good steward over your time. You'll never be great in God if you don't know how to deal with time. And why am I on this tonight, Lord Jesus? I got three minutes left. You're going to have to learn how to be a better steward and manage over your time if you want to be great in God. Because gifting alone is not it. You have to be a good manager over your time. If you're not a good manager over your time, then what happens is God is not able to bless you the way he wants to bless you because truthfully, there are a few things going into the word. You have to be a good steward over another man's work. You have to be a good steward over your time. And you have to be a good steward over your finances in order to be anointed to do work in ministry. Yeah, okay. We'll leave that alone. I'll give you a scripture for it next week. 
gotta be, the Bible says, if you're, not, if you're not faithful over another man's work, how can God give you your own, first of all? Finance scriptures are all over. Will a man rob God? If you're robbing God in tithe and offering, then how in the world are you going to be a spokesperson for him and you're robbing him? Okay, okay. Let me give you the last definition so we can go home. <laughs> okay, go, go, go to verse 8. We, we, we're still, we're still in, uh, in Joshua uh, um, 1, right? Go, go to verse 8. It says, the book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth my, in my last minute, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night so that, he, he's saying it a second time, so that you can do it. He says, then you're going to make your way prosperous. You're going you're to what? You're going you're to have good success. Now watch, Joshua has to pay particular information. We're going to end with this. He has to pay particular information to, to the word of God that's spoken. That's Joshua 1 and 7. And what does he have to do? I'm going to give you one, two, three, four things he has to do. He has to obey. Say obey. Obey. That's verse number 7. He has to speak. Say speak. speak. That's verse number 8a. Number 3, he has to meditate on it. Meditate. Number 4, put him into practice. After doing that, he says, you'll have good success. Do you see that first you have to obey the word? If you don't know it, you'll never be able to obey it. You put them up there? Yeah, obey, speak, meditate, put them in practice. Okay, look. So, so if, you, if you don't know the word, then you won't know if you're following in obedience. If you don't know what the word says about something, you can't guess and call yourself obedient. Now, now watch. You, you have to know the word. You got to obey it. Then after you obey it, then you got to speak it according to what God says. Watch this. So first, in, well, well, the first thing you really got to do is read it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't obey something you don't even know. So read it. Then you obey it. Then you have to keep speaking it. Then as you keep speaking it, you meditate on it. Meditate is at home. That's not it. That, that's, meditate is you have to get a, a mental picture of what it's saying. If the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you should be able to close your eyes and see what that means to you. And as you see that picture, say it out your mouth. I love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. I love the Lord my God with all my mind. What are you doing? You are re-indoctrinating yourself against everything that you have done. You've loved yourself with your mind, body, soul, and strength. So you fed yourself, you sexed it, you did all this stuff to you, for you. But now when you, when you start meditating on the word, you got to get a picture of what that means to you. You got to hold that picture in your mind, but you also got to mutter, say, speak over and over and over and over. That's what meditation is. Speaking the word of God until it becomes you. Say, speak the word. Until it becomes me. You have an issue? Find out what the word says about it and speak that over you until it becomes you. A soft answer turns away wrath. Say that a million times until a soft answer comes out your mouth. What we, what, this is what we say. I know a soft answer turns around, but I'm going to let you know something right now. This, we, 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 we act off the opposite of what the word says because we don't have enough of it in us and it hasn't become us. How did you become the person you are? By habit. Oh, Lord. You flat iron your hair, curl it on the bottom, 
Okay, that's enough. How did you know to only leave that thing, that thing on there for three seconds? Because sometime, sometime or another, you either saw somebody burn their hair or you burnt yours. <laughs> so habit says, you, you ever been cutting your hair, fellas? Like giving yourself an extra line up and zip. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now you can Beijing it and Casing it and everything else. <laughs> you, all, all your hair be light and this one part be extra dark. Like this line right here. Like, what happened? Uh... It's sensitive. It's, it's, no, I'm, 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 I am my brother's keeper. Tell me what happened. It's okay. <laughs> how did you learn this? Watch this. You learn how to be who you are by a trial and error. Yeah. Am I lying? Yeah. You learn how to be who you are by trial and error. Now, I'm going to free a lot of you right now, and we're going to end with this. You want to know how you're going to learn how to be who you are in God? By trial and error. Stop holding yourself to the mess up. And stop being afraid of messing up. That you don't try. Thank you. You in the spirit. You in the spirit. He is so in the spirit. That man turned that up. So if you in the spirit. I said, you got to be in the spirit. He said, Bring. it's all glory. That was like David on the harp. Getting rid of your evil spirit. <laughs> Some of y'all was twitching. Trial and error. Then when he said, bring, he was like, Oh, trial and error. I get it. I get it. I understand that. I get it. <laughs> Say trial and error. You can't be afraid. And I'm serious now. You can't be afraid to try. Just try it. Tonight, go home. Pick one area that, that is due. That is the biggest, hardest area for you of struggle. Find the biggest area. I'm disobedient. It means you're going to have to be honest. Find that area that you have the biggest struggle in and get one verse. You don't need a whole Bible. Get one verse and put that verse on your struggle. Don't just admit, yeah, I'm, I'm hard. I'm a rough person. Don't just admit that. Say the other side of that, but I'm willing for the word of God to help me. I'm a liar. I'm finally going to admit it. I lie. So what does the Bible say about lying? Liars, liars won't be able to tarry in his presence. The Bible said, let he that lies lie no more. He that steals, steal no more. Whatever it is, and keep quoting that word over you over that area close your eyes envision like your the heart and this area over here is, is this a problem area but every time you say envision the word going on top of it imagine every time you speak that word envision that happening and spend set your alarm clock and just spend 10 minutes speaking that word over and over and over and over and over again and then see it happening see yourself when somebody confronts you and you want to lie but see yourself telling the truth this time you know what's gonna happen? When your back is up against the wall because this is what you have rehearsed. Because this is, this, is, this is becoming the new normal for you. When, when this situation, when somebody gets on your nerves and you gonna go back into cuss mode, that word's gonna come. Go, say, you know what, it's okay. Then you're gonna be like, <gasps> did I just say that? Yeah, you did, you wanna know why? That word have I hid in my heart, Lord help me. 
watch this, that I might not sin against thee. You, you want to know what? You know what? In and of yourself, you can't stop yourself from sinning. Your, our, our, just our fleshly nature keeps us in sin. Just by nature. If you haven't been praying to put the word on it, guess what's going to happen? Guess what's coming out? Your sinful nature. Just by who you are. Just because you were born in sin and shape and iniquity. If, the, if your mouth is your problem and somebody steps on your foot, listen! You may get, try to get a handle on that, but it comes up first. Why? Because you've given over to your sinful nature. It don't, it don't mean that God hates you. It don't mean that we hate you. It don't mean you ought to hate yourself. But what it means is, there's an opportunity to put the word on it. And the more word I put on it, if God's word can't return back to him void, but it has to accomplish, then the more word I put on my struggle, the more I see results that are godly. I don't know about y'all, but between now and Tuesday, let's put the word on it. Yeah. Stand to your feet. We're out of here. Oh, I did good tonight. <laughs> I preached for, now listen, I preached for a whole hour. And we're getting out of here before 8.30. Look at Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel good. And y'all was alive and powerful tonight. Bring that back on Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, we're leaving here tonight, but we're leaving here with a knowing. Hear me. If you're in here tonight, and, and we're going to be honest, we're family tonight. Even if visitors here, we're family. If you're in here tonight, and you've been beating yourself up because of an issue that you keep failing in, it's all right, lift your hand. Come on, it's all right. I beat myself up because of an issue that I fail in, and I, I, I believe I should be past this, but, but this is an issue. All right, put your hand down. I'm gonna pray for you tonight. Tonight, after, after we pray tonight, you don't have permission to beat yourself up no more. You don't have permission no more to beat yourself up about it. We spend so much time on the beat up that we never come up. You never feel worthy enough for God's presence and power. So when it's time to worship God, you feel disconnected. Because the first thing the devil does to you is tell you of the thing that you haven't resolved. He speaks to us about the things we haven't resolved. Last weekend, I know, I, I know I'm bigger than this. I know I shouldn't be doing this. Lord, forgive me. At that moment, he forgave you. He for, somebody say, at that moment. You don't have to jump through another hoop. We got to run around the church. You don't have to fall at the altar. He forgives you at the moment that you repent and turn away from it within you. But I told you, if you turn from it but don't turn to God, you're going back to it. If you turn from that and you go to God and you turn all of your energy towards, Lord, I want to be more like you. I need you. You're everything to me. I got to find a word to put on this situation and this, and, and this proclivity that's in my flesh. And this is what I have to do. Then what happens is the guilt and the shame move out the way. Because your focus is no longer on what I've done, but it's now on Jesus the author, the finisher of my faith. My faith, my, 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 the whole basis of my Christianity is him. Once he becomes my goal, once he becomes what, what, my, 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 my uh, vision, once he becomes my heart, once he becomes my all, then guess what? The next time this comes, 
Get out of here. I don't even want that. I don't want that. Why? Because my focus has changed. Now you don't have to keep repenting. You don't have to keep repenting. You just have to stay focused. You stay focused, you repent one time and you don't have to go back to it. When you're focused, you don't even want it. Think about this. How many of us can honestly say when we, we sin because we lose focus? And no matter what it is, it has to do with focus. So watch this. Be proactive in making your focus Jesus. Spend more time thinking about the price that was paid on the cross for you. Spend more time thinking about what he did, how he died and suffered for you. Think, spend more time just thinking about that process of what they did to him, how they pushed that crown of thorns on his head, how they pulled out his beard and spat in his face, how they pierced him in his side, made him carry his own cross up the hill, how they, how they nailed him to the cross. And he, lay, he, he stayed up there and, and the Bible said he could have called legions of angels to take him out of this. But he had us in mind. So he stayed there dying. He stayed on that cross dying. Pushing himself up to breathe. But dying. Why? Because he knew 2,000 plus years later that blood that came out of his head, that came from his side, that came from his beard, that came, all of that blood that came from his hands and his feet. That blood was gonna be the purchasing power for that sin. And when you view your, your next sin through that frame, you weigh out what's important. Lift your hands up, we're gonna pray, we're going home on that. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you glory. We praise you. There's nobody like you. We honor you. We give you praise. We glorify you for your word. Lord, as of tonight, we refuse to be silent ever again. We refuse to be silent in our pain. We refuse to be silent in our circumstances. We refuse to be silent and go through and suffer when, we don't, when you suffered for us, Jesus. But as of tonight, we, we use the power of your word. We take the word that is alive and active and we put it on situations where there has to be a change. We put it on, on, on situations and relationships where we need to see things move. We put it on our money issues. We put it on our health. We use your word because your word will not return back to you, Lord, but it shall accomplish what you set it out to do. I thank you for each person. I rebuke guilt and condemnation. I rebuke shame. I rebuke grief. Hallelujah. We rebuke it tonight in the name of Jesus. We take authority over it tonight. We proclaim tonight that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed tonight. And we give you praise for your word. We give you praise for your word. We give you praise for what you spoke in us tonight. And we declare it's done in Jesus' name. Somebody give God praise. Come on.